BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on nightmare time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street, the horror movie podcast for the casually obsessed. I'm Kim. I'm John. And this week, we are getting controversial? I don't even know. We are talking about The Thing from 2011. Yeah, we're kicking off a new double feature of modern remakes of of 80s classics. Uh, and this one, this one's been one that we've been avoiding for a while. And I don't, I don't know if you're gonna, if you're trying to say that we're about to get controversial here because you loved it. We don't usually talk about the movies before we record, so now I'm very suspicious of what you think about this movie. No, I think it's just controversial because I know a lot of people like to watch the movie specifically before they listen to these episodes. Oh, and you want to apologize to everybody? (laughs) We're forcing a lot of people to watch the 2011 remake and from what I have gathered on the internet, people don't really like it. I knew nothing about this movie going in, by the way. That's crazy to me. I just didn't hear about it. I don't know. I, you know, as as I've said before, I have definitely watched this movie before with Kim present. When he, he told me Mary Elizabeth Weinstead was in it, and I was like, what are you talking about? She's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I would remember if I watched a movie <laughs> with Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. Yeah, no, this is a movie that people love to hate. It's got plenty that you can hate about it if you really want to hate it. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say right here, right now, there are at least three good things about the thing from 2011. Number one has to be that it is a, it's such a great angle for a remake slash prequel. If you're familiar with John Carpenter's The Thing, there is a American base that's been under attack by an alien, uh, which they discover has already torn through a neighboring Norwegian base. This movie is also set in 1982 and takes place I didn't know that, that while we were watching it. <laughs> 
Well, this movie takes place at that Norwegian facility. So we're kind of seeing the movie that happens before the movie we all know and love, which I think is a great angle for a modern remake. Not you can't do that with every horror movie ever, but this one seemed perfect for it, and I think it was the absolute right approach. Number two, Kim, you want to throw one here for me? I mean, can a good bad thing be a good thing? Let can me I hear say? It. Let me hear it. Let's uh, hear the rough draft of this number two. Egregious? No. Egregious. <laughs> That's why I said good bad. Yeah. Number um, good thing about this movie, it's egregious. <laughs> an abundant use of CGI. <laughs> Did you like it? Did you think it was good? No, it was bad. I loved it. <laughs> Okay, well, number number three. Wait, good wait, thing. let me expand on this. For everything you loved about the practical effects in John Carpenter's original The Thing, you will loathe the volume of which they try to replicate that in CGI monsters, which I loved. I loved it so much. I think we need we need a rewrite on this number two. It seems very negative to me. Can't, but I like bad CGI. Okay. I really like it. That's why 2000s horror is like my favorite guilty pleasure because uh they knew it wasn't good and they just still they just still were like close up shot now hold and cut got it money shot yeah i mean like this is most of the conversation uh, that we had when we were talking about spawn a few weeks ago number three actual good thing about the thing from 2011 see you don't have one unless you're being mean <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried that this is too much of a tag onto yours in the special effects category, but the ideas behind <laughs> some of those special <laughs> effects are great. Yeah, I agree with you. And that's maybe what makes the delivery of those ideas even better. Okay, well, number three then. Uh, this is this is my definitive stamp. This is an actual good thing about this movie. Uh, the thing, the alien absorbs another dude by just pressing his face against the other guy's face and then their faces melt together and it's just like a two-faced monster screaming, running down the hallway. That was great. Yeah, the thing iterations are wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Good special effects, bad special effects, great great angle for a prequel remake. That's what we got. Uh, I'm sure we're going to, I'm sure we have other things to say about this movie. <laughs> it's not going to just be another 20 minutes of us reiterating those points, but here's the trailer for the thing. No, well, <laughs> I'm not going to insult the movie for 20 minutes, so don't, so don't set it up like that. I really liked it. Wasn't good, but I enjoyed it. I had fun. Okay. I liked it. I think that's the best you can ask for for a remake that you know is not going to be great. That you like it. <laughs> you might want to wrap it up in a couple of days. Yeah, why is that? The last place you want to be is cooped up with a dozen Norwegian guys. <laughs> we estimate it's been here 100,000 years. That's not possible. thing attacks its prey copies it perfectly and then hides inside it not all of us are human
The thing is currently sitting at a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb. Kind of generous for IMDb. 34% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 2.7 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Now, like I said, and I will stand by this forever, this is a great angle for a remake. Could not have asked for a better way into this story. I had no idea going into it that we were following the Norwegian camp. I listened to the hype around the movie. I just, it never was kind of on my radar because I was like, oh, it's a terrible remake. Like, don't, don't watch it. So I was just like, okay, well, if it doesn't, if it's not going to add anything to my life, like I'm not going to sure, go and yeah. seek it out. But going into it, I was like, oh, this is going to be extremely watchable. Like <laughs> I was very interested in, you know, the fact that they weren't just going to give us another version of the thing. They kind of do. They do. <laughs> uh, the, the What happens to the Norwegian camp is very similar to what happens to the American camp. You know, because old Hollywood is like, who's McCready, though? <laughs> that is the craziest thing about this movie. And I, I still want to talk about, like, the Norwegian camp setup and stuff. But, like, if you're going to go to all this effort to make it not the movie that we've already seen, the movie that everybody's familiar with, why are you going to cast a bunch of actors and dress them exactly the same as those other characters? Like, they've got different names, but Joel Edgerton is, a, Joel Edgerton's what, Sam, is 100% Kurt Russell's McCready. Well, he's got short hair, though. He's got shorter hair, sure. They kind of just split him up, though, because Adam, who was initially Mary Elizabeth Weinstead Kate's kind of secondhand man, until he, like, gets eaten. Um, he looks kind of McCready-ish. But then, yeah, it kind of switches to the the helicopter pilot when he shows up in the third act. Yeah. And then you've also got this other character named Derek, who is essentially Keith David's childs from the 1982 Yeah, and thing. he's buddy-buddy with... So that was that was almost, <laughs> almost one of my good things. I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I'm very mad that they did this. Kind of cool to see these guys being buds in this movie. <laughs> they are a team here. It's like dynamic duo ripping through. But the other thing is they're also American, you know? So it's it's the Norwegian camp, but half the people here are Americans. Yeah. I'm so I the reason why I didn't know that it was the Norwegian camp and I didn't realize until about 15 minutes into the movie was because we start with Mary Elizabeth Weinstead in her lab or whatever which yeah. i thought they were already on the ship because there was no establishing shot that we weren't in fact in the arctic yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. they're like hey we found a thing come dissect it and she's like cool and then she's the only one there with no like heavy this is my third language accent except for like a half a dozen people that except for are... everyone <laughs> except for everyone else there's like five norwegian guys and a bunch of american crew members like yeah in the, the the characters Sam and and McCready and all those guys like they were they're like the grunts of the of the group there is a group of scientists but then there's also like a group of people that have to take care of the dogs and and man the helicopters and they, people that are essentially there to do like the manual labor required for the scientific expedition those are the Americans and I think that's where they try and get the paranoia later in the movie. Which is weird that there was no communication between the two camps. Like, it just, I don't know if that was a great angle for the prequel. Because you're like, well, why are they not communicating with the other Americans? You could argue that they're trying to keep everything secret because they've got a fucking alien. That's true. They you do know? have an alien. And when they find that alien spaceship in the cold open of the movie, it is 
fucking rad. They're driving around because they they hear this beacon, I think is what it is, like similar to Alien. They're looking for the North Pole. If you've is ever seen like a looking for the North Pole sequence, this is that. And instead of hearing like the sound of, of toys being made and, and what's the song in Santa Claus 2? Santa Claus is coming to town, I, I guess. Uh, you know, they, they break through the ice, get stuck in a cavern. and Which is probably the coolest part of the movie. And oh my they God. do not continue Completely it. cut away from it. They've got this gigantic snow cat the kind of car a hummer wishes it could be when it grows up it falls through the ice and it gets stuck between two giant blocks of ice uh, they're upside down staring down at this spacecraft and then it just says the thing we never see them escape from it and it's not like it's a plot hole or a logic thing that I can't deal with but like what a harrowing sequence it could have been yeah like them getting because they have to have gear in there for sure so like them getting like their wenches and their ropes and either going yeah. up or going down like that's fucking terrifying yeah and like as you move like the car shifts a little bit and everybody's like don't move don't move like there's there's 20 minutes of the movie right there it could have been great but we just cut to you know they've already established the base you know when you go to check out like because you've you've done this when you go to check out like a pyramid it, there's already lights hung and yes. and it's already dug out more or less they've, yeah, they've already got makeshift ladders everywhere yeah and it's we're great. just we're, we're going to check out uh, the spaceship I love that they just have enough gear laying around like what happens if we discover a cave system and there's like I don't know an abominable snowman or an alien spaceship in there like we're gonna need extra ropes just for that contingency well right? I'm sure they were looking for you know like woolly mammoths and shit you think they were looking for that kind of like, one I have no idea what they're doing up there just, they're just studying the cold <laughs> yeah there is a really mean scientist on board so like I feel like maybe he was doing some work before he got big-headed about the alien. Are you talking about the main scientist? Yeah. Mr. Sander or whatever? Was do you so you think he was at the facility beforehand? I thought he showed up because of this discovery they've made. So, I'm going to be real here. I don't understand <laughs> a lot of what any of the characters do. Oh. And also, they come and go a lot and they miss like plot advancement and then they come back into the scene and they they're caught up and like it's just there are so many characters that are like neither here nor there mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter because everybody dies this is also one of the problems with remakes because there are beats you have to hit you know like and everybody knows where the story's going more or less especially, yeah. especially with an alien thing because even saying the doctor is the big bad i mean yeah like he's kind of an ass in three scenes but he's missing from a lot of the scenes well there there is a like a harrowing sequence where the alien's attacking and then the it's over and oh we've subdued the alien he's crispy and fiery now <laughs> he's just a smoldering rock and there's half a dozen people just not around because as soon as he started like attacking they just ran out of the room and then we see them later on just like by themselves in the facility somewhere looking around at noises like oh wow they really did just fight or flight and get the fuck out <laughs> so they're like scatter yeah it can't it can't duplicate all of us <laughs> <laughs> oh boy yeah the film has some has some interesting logic which is really strange because there's a blueprint that so works yeah 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 so they they cut this being out of the ice we we learned that from finding the spaceship that one of the surviving aliens went out into the snow and just froze to death yeah uh to 
quote, quote, death. Quote to death, yeah. (laughs) He encino-manned himself out there in the Arctic. (laughs) So they cut him out and they bring him to their cold room that's not nearly cold enough. Nope. They drill in, they get a tissue sample, and then the ice block melts and the alien gets out from the scientists. I just find it hard to believe that they're like after they've got this block of ice, they've brought it into their little like mud room that's like kind of cold but like not fully warm. You Th- could tell it's cold because of all of the CGI breath in that room. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, the next scene after they've taken a few photographs and a, the tissue sample is like they're having drinks, they're playing ukuleles, they're singing, they're they're playing pool, they're laughing, and like as much as the the air in that place would be at, like electric because like you've just found. Aliens. Aliens are real and you've got one here. I just don't think I'd ever leave the room. Not from fear, but from interest. Like, I would just constantly be staring at it like, can you believe that fucking thing? Holy shit. Well, and especially because it's like eight feet tall and it looks like a motherfucking xenomorph. Yeah, it looks like it's got talons. Like, I would be scared of it. I'm just amazed they didn't take that tissue sample and leave it in the ice out where it's hella cold before bringing it back. Because the whole idea is like, oh, we need to get a tissue sample. We need to analyze this thing. Uh, Meanwhile, we're also going to go to sleep right beside it. It seems very unsafe. It gets even weirder, too, because once the alien is out and it consumes one of the the dudes, they burn it to a crisp. Very smart. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of dissect it because they want to see what it was doing with the dude, which is a really cool aspect of this film. Yeah. You know this is a remake and they're expanding on... Um, a film that had very cool creatures and a, and a beast that we didn't really understand fully. Yeah, yeah. So you know they're going to expand on it in a way. So even though you don't necessarily want them to change things about the thing you know and love, I really enjoy that we got to see them kind of like dissect it and see like a corpse inside of it half yeah. regenerated. Yeah. Like I love that. That was cool. And the way that they establish... There's a really key thing in the movie, too, that the the alien can recreate, imitate organic matter and material, but it can't do anything with metal. So the way that Mary Elizabeth Metal Weinstead, is organic, though. Let's just be real. <laughs> well, yeah, everything's carbon-based. <laughs> sure, you know. <laughs> but there's metals that are this guy's got what like a fucking he broke his wrist or something and they had to get his his, his arm set with a split yeah, a bunch of pins yeah a bunch of pins and stuff and that's how mary elizabeth weinstead sort of figures out that uh, that it can only copy tissue mm-hmm. got you there uh, <laughs> that's how i say it it's, that's that's how we cover our bases it can cover tissue not just organic matter <laughs> um and so the idea there is like okay well if this metal plate that was in this guy's arm is now outside of his body, but there's his arm fully intact inside this alien monster that was maybe kind of absorbing him, digesting him. How the fuck did it get out? And that's kind of just like what leads us down this path um, where all the paranoia and superstition in the movie is kind of based around that. They have to get there relatively quick, though, because they know, the audience knows what this beast does. And I, I... Fair credit here, they do get to it. Like, Mary Elizabeth, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead sees this and is like, no, I'm going to get a tissue sample. And then she sees, like, squiggly cells eating other cells and becoming those cells. And she's like, well, we're fucked. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and she calls the alarm. She's like, hey, guys, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah, to her, yeah, to her credit, to this movie's credit, uh, they're really smart about... 
who could be the alien and, and being faced with that situation and how you have to fucking lock down. There's always one character in these movies that is smart because you're just like, you know what we all need to do? Kill ourselves. <laughs> like, there's <laughs> there's no way out of this. We all have to die. Or we have to definitively kill it, and we'll never know if we definitively killed it unless we're all dead. My favorite thing, though, about saying that they're smart was like, yes, they they finally believe that there's a thing because even though they didn't immediately believe Mary lives with Feinstead, monster breaks out, monster goes crazy, and they're like, oh, fuck, the thing. She's like, okay, well, you can't be alone with anybody. It's not safe. And then is every two. every single fucking character after this is like groups of two, everyone. Yeah, or walk by yourself, including her. Oh, that's a mistake. It was a great jump scare, though, even though you kind of, you felt it coming when she's like, the keys are over there, and you're like, Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I know that it got you, too, because, like, while she's looking for these keys and that the cook is standing behind her, you can just hear, like, and you're like, oh, fuck, she's turning into something. I loved it, though, because she still kept part of her human form, so she was this elongated thing that was, like, a bust from the chest up, mm-hmm. just, like, leaning backwards in this terrifying way. And I think that's what was so wonderful about the special effects and the original thing as well is that the thing monster is an Eldritchian uncanny valley. You know, when things are like human, but they're not human. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what's even more terrifying about them, which brings me to kind of like a philosophy on the thing. Okay. Is that I don't think we ever see its original form. I I think you do in this movie. Uh, No. So I'm (laughs) going to continue arguing. My point (laughs) is that it's been in the minds of people by this point. It understands, you know, how humans think, what humans are afraid of. Okay. And we, we I can prove this because one uh, one point when it's the alien, it goes to the stove where the sprinkler system is installed yep. to get extinguished. Mm-hmm. And it would only know that if it replicated those brain cells and had that memory. Smart, smart. So I think it's making a form that's the most terrifying or the most debilitating or maybe, you know, because like it can grow crazy arms or or abundance of legs to be fast and swift and Mm -hmm. crawl and and creep. And so I don't think it's showing its original form. And I think you're trying to say that, oh, well, when it was trapped in the ice, it was like this bug-like thing where it looked like a giant beetle more or less. Okay. What if that's the shape it was when it crash landed? On Earth. That was the species of creature it had imitated on the planet it was last. I mean, sure. I get it wiped out that species and it was hungry again. Okay. And so, so, like, it killed the bug planet and then landed on Earth and then froze as a bug. But we know that they crisped it up and cooked it while it was imitating a dude. It was in the process of copying a guy. Like, we, we see that it's a copy. In progress. I think that is its original form. It's sort of like a Venus flytrap motherfucker who, who's who got this crazy frog tongue that just snatches people, sucks them up, and then just starts copying them. I think that image is, is what it is So what its it internal like. organs might look like that, but I still think it's wearing a suit. Okay. Well... Did you have anything else you wanted to say about the movie? I got I, I got a chunk of conversation. You have you have more philosophy. <laughs> I, but, but I'm just saying, like, is, is there anything you want to touch on before I flip this table and we start talking about something else? Uh, yeah, I just credit to the 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 monstery things. Uh, you touched on it briefly in the intro about the when it absorbs the face in the lounge room and yeah. and it becomes yeah, yeah, this yeah. like hybrid monster where it starts absorbing him while he's still alive in this horrible way, and then it becomes this double entity for the rest of the film. 
it looks pretty pretty fantastic. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's really CGI, but it looks fantastic. I'm into it. It's the so concept good. fantastic. So good. This movie mm-hmm. should have been incredible. Why could have been? In fact, arguably was amazing. Why? Because they did it all with practical effects. <gasps> They did the entire movie in Toronto with Studio ADI, all practical, animatronics, people in suits. You know that scene in the helicopter where there's like that oh. really brilliant switcheroo and the guy who you think is the thing isn't and, and it's another guy? his face splits? His face splits and rises up and becomes teeth. Practical. They shot it. You can watch it. I'm going to show <gasps> it. I'm going to show you some of it. Uh, and then the studio... <laughs> said that it looked too 80s and they no! they went every <laughs> everything digital in this movie was done practically some of the practical stuff you can still see occasionally i am so sad for those artists i'm sad for everybody involved oh my god there's okay and here's the other thing that uh this is maybe a, a choice for the better the end of the movie was completely reshot. is this why you wouldn't let me google the film yes this is exactly why and i oh. I, I knew this before seeing the movie that it was that it was uh, like a few years ago. I take back my good thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Was very hard for me not to bring it up back then. I was like, "You do not know what I got planned for the rest of this." Oh. The end of the movie was completely reshot uh, in the original ending. Again, this is maybe not a terrible idea, but uh, test audiences were confused when Mary Elizabeth Winstead goes into the spaceship. She's chasing Doctor Sander, who's like racing off to the spaceship in the ice to take to to take off again, right? To get off into space or. Seattle or something, right? (laughs) She comes across the bodies of the pilots of that ship and also a pod room with lots of different creatures as specimens. And and one of those pods is broken because the thing is supposed to, we're supposed to figure out. Oh, so the thing isn't the intelligent being. Yeah, the thing is a thing. That was my... Pet peeve with the ship because the ship was so inorganic. And I was like, that fucking spaghetti monster didn't make this. And it had like that weird pixely cylindrical thing that was like, oh, this is like a replicator, but it's like AI. And you're like, ew, I don't like this. That was part of the reshoots. So yeah, she was supposed to find the original pilots. They were dead. It has obviously imitated them. And also... I think it's complicated because you have the look of the thing and then you have these alien creatures and I, th- I think it's hard to differentiate what's a natural alien and what's a thing alien. And so people were confused about that, but it was imitating the aliens because the spaceship is controlled biologically and it's like these fucking tubes. So it needed like, in- like the fingerprint scanners. Yeah, it's like <laughs> umbilical cords that come out. It needed the right fingerprints. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was imitating that in order to take the ship off and, and power the ship up. I love that because that is essentially a grander version of the beginning opening of the original thing. That's so. I read a that's quote the, that that's like, what the director says. He's like, he's like, this is like the, the aliens are the Norwegian camp, and yes! the Norwegians are the Americans. Yeah. So they had crashed the ship because it got out. They tried crashing the ship. At least in the backstory, they tried crashing the ship to kill the thing. Like that was the idea. Like we can't let this thing exist. We've we've captured it, but it can't kill us and oh then fly off to another this spot. Oh my god! This is fantastic. Right? Isn't that great? But they. 
they it was just confusing to everybody who well, saw fuck it. Them. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, you know, since the the Justice League thing, there's there's been campaigns to try oh my and get god. the director's we cut. We need out. it. Can I show you some of the footage? Oh my god. And like I I've got I've got lots of videos that I could show you cuz Studio ADI is Like this is a decent film as it is. Like it's not great. Yeah. There's a lot of plot holes, there's a lot of logic holes, but it's totally enjoyable. The characters are all lovely. I enjoy them all. Shout out to the red-headed bearded guy. He's my favorite human. Right? The dude from Game of Thrones. Love him. You lit up when I you saw him on love screen. Him. Every, I love him so much. Every reaction from him is gold. Because like, he's, he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, and it looks great. The I don't know. I don't normally give a fuck about the Arctic, but I did in this movie. It looked lovely. Yeah, I, I I'll say that I don't think that necessarily that it builds the paranoia that the that the original one did. In this, they, I think they try and do it by like pinning the Norwegians against the Americans because they're all kind of together in one camp. Uh, but it just like it doesn't have that same sort of like airtight mystery as well. You can sort of see them laying the groundwork for like, oh, well, this character talked to that character, and then that character became the thing, so now he's the thing as well. Like, you can actually watch the thing move around if you know what's what. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, there's there's no denying that a lot of great people worked on this movie and worked incredibly fucking hard. Check this out. This is the two-faced walking dude, the Edvard monster, walking around through <gasps> the kitchen. Oh my god! Wait for the close-ups and shit. Like the two faces, Holy they move shit. independently of each other. Whoa! <gasps> it's blinking. Oh, this makes me so sad. It, <gasps> it looks so good. Look <laughs> at the neck veins, and it's got two sets of teeth. Yeah, and the skin between them stretches. So like Ooh. when their head moves, like there's tension there. Wow, wow. I hope somebody is really proud of these puppets and has them in their house and scares their niece with them. Right. <laughs> and like, that's just one effect. I'm going to show, I'll show you some of the other ones. Like I'll even show and you. And that's the- like the final villain. Like that is so impactful. Yeah. Here's what the pilots looked like. Oh, is this the helicopter crash? Isn't it so weird that we lose two characters for half of the movie? Or, so, oh, you're talking about essentially the Kurt Russell and the child's characters. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they just, Keith they David crash. And, and I like that initially because you're like, whoa, I thought he was going to be a lead character. And the fact that he just crashed over yeah, into like, a mountain. Cool I was like, little surprise Fuck. maybe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, there's no plot armor in this movie. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> and then he came back and had plot armor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Until then, necessary. <laughs> yeah. And then they, they locked him away in like a, a barn or something. And, and then they got out. And then they got out. There's a whole thing about how, like, there's a character that's missing that then shows up at the end of the movie is one of the Norwegian guys in the helicopter at the beginning of the Chasing 1982 the one. Yeah. Uh, I didn't I didn't even know we had somebody missing. There was just too many people, like, missing from scenes or in scenes that I just assumed by the end everyone was dead. Yeah, there's... There's a little bit of juggling going on that doesn't 100% work, but, like, the horror elements of it are all fucking great. This is what the the pilots, like, the original pilots of the spaceship look like. Oh, fuck! Yeah, like, with their gross blinking (gasps) eyes. Their eyes blink so fucking cool! Each each, they've got three eyes down the center of their face, and they all move independently. Oh, and they unplug! Like, they literally plug into the ship. Ooh, there's goo dripping from the ceiling. Oh, I love it. <laughs> there's the the last one that I do want to find for you. I'll put I'll put links to these in the in the episode description as well, because everybody deserves to see this shit. Wow. But the last one that I want to find for you is... What a waste of money, this, first of all. Like, not I even to, to say, like, a waste of artistic talent, because those are fully developed and articulated creatures like that's not just like painting like that's that's robotics they're fucking the crazy thing too is it's been shot 
Like that's that's like I'm showing you footage of the movie that's that's been shot. Like it's a lot of the a lot of it's behind the scenes stuff, and so there is some t- some uh, some test footage at the studio ADI sort of like work workshop, but they did shoot the movie with all these effects. Obviously, it's not they did it didn't get right to the finish line. Like I'm sure there's a whole bunch of cleanup that would still need to get done on it, but like. You know, if money was not an issue, uh, there exists a world where we could see the director's cut of the movie with the original ending. Well, there's no harm in enhancing what they had made with CGI. Like, they were at a point where it's 2011, that technology existed that they could have enhanced. That was always the plan. Added some realism to those those puppets. You can see it. Like, even, like, lots of, like, background stuff and the props that they're using to move them around are all green. Like, they're all green screen, so that way you can take them out easily. Like, it was... was going to be like the walking dead you know like it would be uh 50 to 80 percent practical and then you clean it all up with a little bit of digital but i guess it just looked again this is a quote 280s which probably just means like maybe it was too gory you're remaking a much beloved movie from from the the 80s 80s. with practical (laughs) insane gore that's most known for its practical effects right the practical effects in the thing were so fucking good that even gene siskel didn't have anything bad to say about him (laughs) here this is the this is the helicopter sequence this is the dude who just sort of like splits apart and starts fucking attacking uh it looks like the video is sort of starting with some behind the scenes stuff but then they show you inside the helicopter and it's insane oh wow the guy's in there yeah and it all moves like his face splits apart and becomes teeth his fucking guts open up and just like chomps people in half it's really gnarly he's all teeth and his face is like fucking wide open but they literally have a guy in a winter coat who's puppeting the body part and there's a false head on it yeah i mean what you don't see are like 18 other people on the sidelines with remote controls just like (laughs) moving everything around there's 36 other people puppeting this it looks fantastic yeah there's a really great video uh in the sort of developing phase where they're at the workshop and you can see the face like as a as a face break apart and lift up and oh man it really opens up. That's so fucking cool. Doesn't that break your heart? It makes me quite sad because there are a lot of CGI tendrils that break out. And I, I would have loved to see people getting like whipped and grabbed by things that were yeah. actually there. It, the helicopter one especially is the one that breaks my heart the most because it doesn't look... Now, I mean, it's 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 11 years later. But I mean, at the time, even people in 2011 were nuts about it because... Part of the problem too is that like it's it was kind of a rush job to to redo all of that, right? Mm. They had a deadline, I think it was April. They ended up getting pushed back to uh, to October to accommodate for it, but like no matter what, like it wasn't being built into the production. It wasn't planned from the get-go. Like they definitely didn't have enough time to work on this that uh, you would normally expect for something this big. So it was never going to look uh, as good as some of those practical effects. Yeah. Well, and they didn't shoot the scenes with the intention. Like, yeah. There would have been so much work just trying to make the thing, uh, the thing, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, look realistic in the space because it's not, you're not filming for the, the kind of depth that you need to go in and like with your program or whatever, put something digital in that space. Like there's, there's no depth of field, if that makes sense. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, oh, it hurts. It hurts. It could be if, I really do think that this is a movie that if, if a director's cut could be made, probably can't. Um, I think this would be, this would have the most wild reevaluation. What a renaissance for this movie, if that could come out. I 
sincerely hope, but it I don't It would be know. such a good double feature because it would be a really loyal reimagining mm. that doesn't tread too much on the original and honors kind of what was so magical about it. Yep. Surprising people with the effects and all of the monsters in the film are so creative and terrifying when they yeah. show up. Yeah, 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 Like, they nail when they appear and when they don't. And, like, it's so sad to know that they, <laughs> they were... These actors were actually interacting with these puppets. It, mm. I, I, You know, at the end of the day, at the very least, the reaction shots from those actors are all genuine. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, it's like they, they're really there with that monster in the room. You can see the terror in their eyes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's a fun thing to break out on you right before I ask you to rate this movie. Unfortunately, you do have to rate the movie you watched. But, you know, it had a lot going for it. It had a lot of great ideas. Yeah, I I'm still going to keep I'm going to keep my score how I thought I was going to rate it. I'm going to get I'm going to give it a two and a half out of 4. Yeah. Because I think it was a nice reimagining. The there are a lot of like what are these characters doing and why are they doing it? Uh, yeah, and- I mean, like, the blood test sequence where they, they're just trying to say, like, do you have, show me your fillings. And, like, that's how they figure out whether or not you're an alien. Like, not as not as good, <laughs> but <laughs> but still great. But it's nice that they didn't go with the blood test again. Yeah, like, they, they did not make the exact same movie. And, like, you know, they are scientists. They are scared people. It would probably, even in a real world scenario where nobody's seen the movie The Thing, it might follow these beats, you know? Like, eh, there's got to be, there's got to be a test at some point. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I I enjoyed it for um, not expecting a whole lot out of this movie. It was a fun time. Yeah, totally good movie. Could have been an incredible movie. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a two point seven five. Is why I'm gonna give it. Have they released like the footage of all of the monsters? So everything that I've shown you is from the special effects studio. Those are behind the scenes oh. things shot by the people working on the props and the animatronics and the and the practical effects. So like when you're watching it, you're watching it on YouTube from the people who made it because they need they want to show their work. Obviously, like yeah, that's I'm... an insane amount of work that wow. they do. Fuck. Yeah, it's it's is quite a bummer. I'm so sad for this film. Yeah, but I mean, hey, you know, still a good movie. Uh, and fingers crossed that, you know, like we need we need people like us. We need people like you listening out there, rattling cages, banging on doors, throwing eggs at studio executives' houses and being like, give me the fucking director's cut, god damn it. <laughs> like, are they yelling about Justice League again? Like, no, I think this person's yelling about the thing. <laughs> like, oh, they really come out of the woodwork as soon as you hear about an unrated cut on the internet, eh? Okay. But either way, let us know what you thought of 2011's The Thing. We think uh, it's totally worth a rewatch if it's been a long time since you've seen it. And also, way better than everybody's told you. It is a totally good movie. Hit us up on Twitter at NOFS Podcast or in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord at nofspodcast.com slash discord. And while you're at it, leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, Spotify's the easiest because it's literally just a star rating system. But, like, if you got a few nice things you want to say, please head over to Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the horde and get the show in front of more fiends like yourself. We'll be back at you again next week with another episode of Nightmare on Film Street and possibly another remake. Uh, Definitely another remake. Maybe a controversial one. Who knows? Yeah, no, there's there are a lot of supporters of this remake out there. Until then, I'm Kim. I'm John. Stay Stay creepy. creepy. It appears you made it out alive. 
but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. 